Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. What do I think about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Uh, you can actually, if you go into my website, I think it is shaneisleman.com, and you put in tongues. I did an hour teaching on the gift of tongues and how that operates, my experience with it. And uh, so I believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are valid today, obviously. Um, what that looks like, and I think that's what the next question is here, um, are some of the holy gifts, are they operating at your church by any chance? So this is a person who probably is new or doesn't come regularly, probably new. Um, so I've seen every single one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit at our church in, in powerful and profound ways. I have uh, been there and heard stories, confirmed it with the doctor, with people being healed. And I think we're going to have a lady give her testimony at Ren the Heavens, who uh, it was stage four cancer, I believe, throughout her whole body, life, the scan. And the elders prayed over her pray directly for healing. We followed the scriptural course with oil, anointing oil, and uh, cancer-free. And I, I just talked to her this week. She's going to give her testimony. Um, many of you will remember uh, Eva Marie, who moved, uh, and I think she's going to be back now more often. You know, there, there's incredible stories of her praying. I mean, I know of at least, you know, 10 where I've talked with the people, and whether it was the back straightened up uh, and, and they can walk again, and the doctor's reports, and I mean, incredible healings. I've 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 heard, and, and people speak in tongues quite a bit in in small gatherings where, um, you know, it, it's people who know each other. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. Uh, the gift of prophecy, word of wisdom, man. I've, I've even shared those from the pulpit on ones that have been right on the money, right spot on, and uh, it's just amazing. But you have to be careful. Here's my view: open but cautious. And realizing that people aren't perfect. So it, although a person might have a, a gifting, a gifting in this area, I'm going to talk, this might, this is going to lead into somewhere good. They might have a gifting in this area. Um, but they might miss it later. And that's why I don't think people understand. Let's say somebody has a, has, God gives them a prophetic words and, and they've been on point. They go and they tell somebody, man, it really helps them. I remember I, I gave an example of where I was going to give a hard message at church a couple years ago. And I said, Lord, I can't do this. It's, it's just too hard unless I know it's from you. And this lady, Marilyn Enos gets up off the, the altar, walks at the back of the church about 630 in the morning. We're worshiping. And she said, pastor, God just put on my heart to not hold back a word, say everything that he's put on your heart. And then she goes in back. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But see, that's the point. That's the whole mission, the whole reason for the gifts of the spirit to help us in our journey. And so uh, we've seen all of this activate. Now, here's where it gets in the gift of healing, tongues, interpretation, uh, prophetic gift of word, word of wisdom, word of knowledge is different. Word of wisdom is when, you know, he's, you need to know something and they're giving you the information. That's a word of wisdom where a prophetic word is something prophetic that could take place in the future. Um, or that speaks right to the situation, but the, the whole issue with tongues and see here is where it's challenging. And I won't go into a lot of detail because again, you can go to my website and put in chain, you know, put in tongues and the whole message. It was, it was over an hour should come up, but, Paul says that there must be interpretation 
But he also says it's better to speak in a language that is known five words and you know 10,000 words in a tongue that nobody knows. So we we see right there as a leadership team and again you can comment on here if you want I'm going to go back to the comments in a minute. Um, as a leadership team, we have to now navigate this spiritual atmosphere. So we are responsible, primarily me, I'm responsible for what happens there. So on one hand, I don't want to stifle, but on the other hand, I don't want to allow something that maybe is not of God. So the way I see scripture, Paul said, somebody uninformed is going to, in other words, they don't know what you're doing. They don't know what you're talking about. And you have to be careful here because a lot of people are in our church services, especially if we're at a church service, you know, our side. There's a lot of uninformed people. They're going to think you're crazy. You're out of your mind if you start speaking in tongues. That's what Paul said. So he doesn't allow that. Now, if there's interpretation and possibly the leadership approves of it, and we know the people are gifted with this, um, we we have to be careful in this area because Paul also goes on to say, do not forbid the speaking in tongues. So I I believe we can say, hey, we don't forbid it. We encourage it. We believe in it. So we're not for, for forbidding it at all. We're not mocking it, as some do. Um, but at the same time, Paul says, I have to be a steward of this environment we're creating at the church. And remember, he was probably riding primarily at that time to small house gatherings. And especially if you've got, you know, 10 people that know each other and the gifts of the Spirit are flowing. And I mean, there's you're, you're going to stay within those boundaries and parameters that Paul sets forth. But when you open that up now and you've got a much broader audience and you don't know if interpretation will be present, you don't know if interpretation is on the money. Uh, you know, I know it's, it's a risky that people interpret for themselves. I'm, I'm not really a fan of that unless you're own, unless it, unless you're in your own private time of devotional for sure. But you know, it just, it brings up questionable things when it happens in a large service. So our, uh, our policy policy, and God can change whatever he wants, but this is where he has all of our leadership. We're all on the same page is that in a large setting, a congregational setting, uh, we would, we would run things through the leadership team that is there. Somebody says, Hey, I've got a word for the church. Okay. What is that? And I've had this happen uh, a couple times. So one time, you know, I, I tr- transmitted the message and nothing came about it. And another time we didn't even know the person. I said, Hey, no, I don't really know you. Come to find out they were kind of mentally unstable and, and they got mad that I said no. And that tells you right there. So see, we got to steward this environment. Um, but so if somebody were to speak out, you know, is it out of order? Uh, if it's out of order, especially if we're preaching, uh, if, if people are worshiping and it's just out of order and, you know, people are looking around like, What's going on? What is that? And you disrupt the worship service. I think, I think we can't just dismiss that. I think we have to really look at that. Then would we have to address it and maybe embarrass the person? Or, you know, if God is genuinely moving, what does that look like? And, you know, I went to, I grew up in, um, you know, I, well, I shouldn't say grew up in because I went to, you know, conservative churches, Calvary Chapel. I went to, um, assemblies of God when I was younger and they would just, They'd have two or three people speaking in tongues every single Sunday and uh, interpretations. Sometimes the interpretation was like three minutes longer. And, and so I don't know about that. Sometimes it seemed on point. Sometimes it felt like, man, God, it thus saith the Lord. That is powerful. Other times it just thought, see, here's the thing. Um, oh, what I was going to say earlier, people with a prophetic gifting 
you know, sometimes they'll miss it because they get this sensing and it's a good idea, but it's not a God idea and they don't take it to the Lord and they just, Hey, I've, I've nailed it the last couple of times. I'm going to nail it again. God humbles them and says, Nope, that wasn't of me. And so you have to be careful even on those. Um, so my point on speaking in tongues was that, um, and I don't even know what it was. I hope I remember what it was now. Um, if it's, if it's, if it's, um, a gift that God gives you, and you should be able to submit to the leadership of the church. The Holy Spirit doesn't break protocol. He doesn't cause division. Um, and you, here's the thing, too, you have to remember, is we don't want to um, stifle a person either. It's not like we're just watching out for anybody that you know speaks in tongues. We don't do that at all. I mean, it could be glorious. It could be a beautiful thing if God's behind it. But we also have to be very careful because, and this is what I want to say earlier, God gives people gifts. I remember I, ha- I got this gift to preach boldly, man, right it right when I gave my life back to him, uh, and, and maybe other gifts, you get right at conversion. So you have the gifting, but you don't yet have the fruit. And fruit is a maturing process that takes time. So that's what you see happen a lot in a church, is this person has tremendous gifting. Oh, look at that gift, but but maybe they fall away later. Or not fall, you know, maybe they fall back in their old lifestyle. Now, I wouldn't say fall away, but back in their old lifestyle and they're really not walking with the Lord. What happened? They have this powerful gift. Yeah, but the fruit's not there. And I, again, I'm not, I'm not, um, validating sin. I'm just saying that's what happens a lot. How many of us have heard powerful preaching? Uh, let's say, you know, before Rocky, Rocky Zacharias, uh, fell. You know, I think I had him quoted him before and like, how does that happen? We'll see the gift can be there, but the fruit is lacking and God will still use the gift to bless others, even though the person is faltering and falling backward. And you'll see that a lot. Powerful, gifted preachers. Look at what was when I was growing up. Um, what was his name? Um, he's still around too. Uh, Jimmy Swagger. I mean, talk about some powerful preaching. Now, I don't know where he's at with the prosperity gospel. I don't follow it anymore. But all millions of people have been coming to know the Lord, being transformed, and yet he, I think he got a, a prostitute in Palm Springs. Uh, so, like, what does that happen? Well, remember, the giftings and callings of God are irrevocable. So just because a person doesn't have the fruit doesn't mean they might not still operate in that gifting. Now, I believe it, that gifting will be hindered. I believe they can stifle and quench the work of the Holy Spirit, and they could be 10 times better. But God is still blessing others through their ministry in spite of their shortcomings, if that makes sense. So um, I'm going to go to questions here in a minute. So if you have questions, put them in there, and I'll try to get to those. Um, how do I reconcile... Uh, the Old Testament and New Testament, you know, an angry God versus a gracious God. And really, for me, it's not difficult because the Old Testament was written over 1,500 years. The New Testament, I mean, the book of Acts is, what, 30 years? And then uh, they wrote the Gospels, probably, you know, so the, you know, let's say the New Testament, depending on when you date Revelation, before Titus conquered the, the Jerusalem in 70 A.D., or if you put it in 95 A.D., nevertheless, let's say 60 years. Um you know, so you're gonna have a lot different workings in 60 years than you did in 1500 years, at least of the Old Testament. But it's the same God, 
no difference. However, I believe that Christ changed things. Now he overcome, he overcame hell, death, and the grave. He also filled now believers with the Holy Spirit because when I leave, he said, the comforter is going to come. So now we have people filled with the Holy Spirit, millions of Christians filled with love and joy and grace and long-suffering and gentleness. And you will see God... Uh, the ceremonial laws were fulfilled in Christ. The dietary laws uh, that was for the nation of Israel. You don't see any moral laws changing uh, at all. They are still the same today. Now, we don't stone someone to death because they commit adultery like they did in the Old Testament. But that's where we would offer the grace probably more so. And that's why people get the impression that it's a different God. It's not a different God. There is a dispensation, dispensation of grace. And I believe when God... I had a, a punishment. The Old Testament people say, look at the punishment. Well, here's what you have to remember. Look at the consequences of sin. So to me, I don't say, well, how could God do that? I say, wow, that sin is serious. Adultery is serious. Blasphemy is serious. Uh, witchcraft and sorcery is serious. And the seriousness, the penalty had to match the seriousness, seriousness of it. So although we don't, don't stone people for committing adultery, it doesn't mean that it's any less insignificant. The sin is still very grave in God's eyes. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to try to get to a few of these questions. If you have, uh, uh, let me see, Rachel, Diane, Thomas, D, Don, uh, any questions coming in? Uh, oh, yeah, the fasting one I think I already answered. Um, and then there's more on, I'll probably have to just do this um, again because there's a lot of different things Um I was hoping we'd be gone by the Antichrist. Okay, yeah, Terry. Well, we might. I, I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying we're going to be here when the Antichrist comes. All I'm saying is I can't tell people for sure when it gets tough. You're out of here. We're not going to see the Antichrist take a take uh, take dominion and authority. We're gone. I I don't I don't know for sure. So if that makes sense, I can't say for sure because. Even the greatest Bible teachers will tell you, well, no, I don't, I don't know this for sure, but this is what the Schofield Bible taught. This is what, you know, uh, dispensationalism taught. This is what my seminary taught. This is what Dallas Theological Seminary taught. This is what the Master Seminary taught. Uh, and so they lean towards that, but I'm sure most people tell you they don't know for certain uh, how it's all going to uh, pan out. That's why I'm, I, I am a pan trip instead of mid trip, post trip. Pre-trib, I am pan-trib. How's it going to all pan out? So, Terry, be encouraged. Um, you know, we might we might not be here for the Antichrist. I just can't say for certain. Because think about it. If I tell my kids, hey, you know what? Don't worry about Revelation. You know, don't worry about this. It's, you know, you're, you're going to be out of here. What about if they're not? I think, uh, personally, I think that could be part of the great falling away. Because we paint this picture of, uh, in America, you're out of here. Don't worry. But what about if they have to go through I think I'd rather prepare them as soldiers going into battle than soldiers being flown out before the battle starts. Uh, let's see. Would I consider doing a full study teaching on the book of Revelations? It's actually Revelation, no S. Um, I was critiqued on that about 20 years ago, and I've never forgotten that. Uh, you know what? It's funny. I'm actually praying about it. I'm actually praying about Genesis, but it is, let me tell you. Once you get past the first three chapters, it is, um, it's full of energy and it's a lot of studying because I want to show different views and also weave in my own testimony. Uh, so I think I answered those questions on fasting. 
Uh, let's see. Hey, Rick Viduka, good to hear from you. The Bible mentions famine in the last days. Should we be prepared for a famine? I think I mentioned that before in past podcasts, but um, my thought is always that we should, I mean, wisdom tells us to be prepared. Um, I don't think, hey, you know what? I don't care about the stock market. I don't care about retirement. I don't care about anything. I'm just going to, I'm just going to wean it when I get hit 65. I don't know. I think God gives us wisdom and we want to prepare, you know, for, for later. I think that's being a good steward of things now. And so when it comes to, uh, food, um, food scarcity, which man, man, if you look at the supply chain, you look at, I think it was Walmart and Costco, you know, they canceled billions of dollars of orders just because the demand's not there. You look at all the, the backlogs still at the ports, you know, I, I think it's going to take a while to work through this. So I, I'm, I'm a proponent of, yeah, I would, I would have obviously just, just in case, let's say the, the bank shut down for a season and the stores can't take things. It's good to have things like beans and rice that you can cook for a while, maybe a little generator that is solar, solar operated. Um, I don't do it out of fear, but just, Hey, have some water, have some things. Even if there's an earthquake, I just think it's wise, but then you do get people that get carried away, you know, come and check out my bomb shelter with, you know, a year's worth of food and, and all, and, and, you know, maybe if you want to, but I, I just want to make sure fear is not dominating our lives. So some of those places where you can buy that food in like a bucket, that's good for 25 years. And, um, you know, you can invest in that. I think that would be good. You know, three months supply doesn't hurt, but then if you're a single mom, barely getting by or a family get barely getting by, God will watch out for you. That's where the church comes alongside. I think can help other believers can help others. So I don't get too caught up in it too worry, but I think if you can obviously, um, prepare, you should, and what that means, you know, is up to each one individually. Um, let's see. I got a few other questions. I'll probably get to these at the next one, unless there's something important and not important, but you know what I'm saying? Um, David McGuire, I see Ephesians 2.6 as a realization eschatology and Ephesians 2.7 as future eschatology. What are your thoughts? Um, I did not bring, uh, my Bible with me. I'm doing it unplugged right now. So I might have to get back to you on that. Um, the Bible mentions famine. Think Rick, I got to that one. Um, and then more questions on how long I should fast, what type of fast, can I drink coffee on my fast, uh, juice on my fast. I would say, um, download my book on fasting and, uh, there's two of them at the church website, westsidechristianfellowship.org, westsidechristianfellowship.org. And they can answer, uh, they answer all those fasting questions. So, um, I'm going to give one little last shout out here. If there's any other question before we cancel out, um, and again, you can always email us if you'd like to see a few future podcasts on a certain study, um, that would help as well. Uh, I don't believe the Bible reflects a nuclear war, uh, so I'm not preparing for that. Yep. That's true. Some people believe that others, you know, I think it, I can't remember. I think it's Ezekiel or one of the prophets where it talks about the eye, the eyes melting out the eye socket and the skin melting. Um, and many people have, have correlated that with a nuclear attack and that could be um, but again hoping i can get through all that uh in the near future so anyway thank you everyone got it at 45 minutes perfect timing and if you have questions let us know and hoping you can check out sunday's message even if you listen to this later i'm preaching in torrents at rolling hills covenant church and the message is um uh, something about pursuing his presence, like uh, his presence is my pursuit. And it's going to be a powerful message on pursuing God. Um, and so anyway, 
touch base with you later. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.